0: I for basketball. Doesn't mean I should
1: raise your kid.
2: Hello and welcome to Dear Adam Silver, a show about sports, art, and the creative space they share. My name is Abigail Smithson and I am your host. And for the first time in a long time, I am home in Tucson uh, recording this right now in my bedroom closet which i haven't done for a while so it's really nice to be back i was on the road for a while first in cincinnati uh then in konas lithuania and then at smith college um so yeah just making a lot of artwork and uh engaging with different communities about basketball and it was an amazing wonderful time almost all of it and um, today's episode actually will be one uh, an interview I recorded during my time in Cincinnati. Uh, I had the chance to sit down with Joel Newman, Jen Ahrens, and Amy Silver at the Peasley Neighborhood Center in the neighborhood of Over the Rhine in Cincinnati. And uh, Over the Rhine has experienced a lot of rapid and violent gentrification um, uh, very recently. And um, there's a campaign going on. Uh, through the uh, many people that are part of the Peasley Neighborhood Center uh, to save a public basketball court from being bought by private developers. So it's city-owned land. There's a basketball court, a, a couple of basketball courts, as well as a community garden on this piece of land, which is uh, right across the street from a, a local public elementary school. Um, so this land, since 2015 there's been discussions of this land being sold to outside developers to build luxury single-family five hundred thousand dollars a pop um Housing on this property, whereas right now it's kind of this community gathering place. So there's a campaign called Keep Our Courts um, that has been going on since 2015, and it actually is still going on. It's kind of a a bit of a lull in the in the campaign right now, just because, or when we did the interview, because um, there's no pending decisions at the moment. But the, they're gearing up for another another battle in the winter to to try and um, to try and fight for the space. So I got to speak with with some people who had direct interactions with the campaign and, and knew a lot of the kids in the area that would be affected by by losing that court and losing the garden. Um, and I just wanted to read a short quote from an opinion piece that um, Jen Ahrens had, had written for the Cincinnati Enquirer. This is in 2016 that she wrote this. This is one small fight against the crushing feeling that poor folks have to lose for economic wealth to be invested in their communities. This is an effort to urge someone anyone in city government to have enough courage to tell a private developer that our public assets and resources are not theirs for the taking." So this Keyboard Courts campaign is, of course, one of many ongoing battles to, to sort of hold on to the, the, the neighborhood that, that still remains, uh, what remains of the neighborhood that was there before this um, intense gentrification began. Uh, and for me as a, a basketball fan and as someone who thinks critically about the game and the role that the game plays and the space that the game takes up both both physically and and uh, mentally and emotionally, f- finding this campaign, it felt really important to, to learn a, a, as much about it as I could and, and what it represented beyond just strictly basketball. So I really want to thank um Jan and Joelle and Amy for sitting down with me, uh, in the storage closet at the Peasley neighborhood center and discussing all of this. And they really get into a lot of the details about what is happening in the neighborhood and, and around the courts. So, um, thanks so much for listening. The last thing I want to mention is that this ongoing situation with, um, Adam Silver and, uh, Chyna and Daryl Morey and the NBA and free speech and Hong Kong and all of this, uh, is something that I'm going to address really soon and probably record a podcast about, um, tomorrow it's, it's felt very much like something that I need to, um, sort of, it's felt important to, as things have sort of, um, continued to play out to sort of take in as much information as I can from as many perspectives as I can, um, and really dedicate some time to, to speaking about it. So I'm hoping that podcast will be up very soon as well. So thanks so much for listening and yep. Enjoy. Okay. So I am in a storage closet at the Peasley neighborhood center in over the Rhine in the middle of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I am here today to talk about, um, the keep our courts movement, um, that the Peasley neighborhood center, um, Created and, and started to save one of the neighborhood basketball courts. I'm here with Jen Ahrens and Joelle Newman and Amy Silver Who I'm hoping will introduce themselves and explain a little bit about what they do here and how they're involved with keep our courts
0: So Amy, do you want to start sure? Yeah, so my name is Amy Silver and I'm a social worker here in the neighborhood I work at an agency called over the Rhine community housing and we primarily provide affordable housing to folks in the neighborhood But my role is that I primarily work with families coming out of shelter into housing. And I also work a lot with kids that live with us specifically with a program called Children's Creative Corner. So that is largely where I intersect with the Keep Our Courts campaign.
1: Great, and Joel. My name is Joel Newman, um, and I'm the community organizer here at Peasley Neighborhood Center, and my main focus is on the Keep Our Courts, Main and Chiller um, campaign, specifically around kind of organizing the neighborhood um, around either events, but also making sure that they're aware about any developments um, that happen kind of in the campaign or um, around the land.
3: And Jen. Yeah, and I'm Jen Ahrens. I work here at Peasley. And have for the last five years, I coordinate the community education program, um, which is uh, sort of the um, the branch of Peasley that primarily uh, has been involved in the Keep Our Courts campaign and kind of other social justice education community-based endeavors. And... Um, great um thank you guys so much
2: and so if we could start just by because i think that what's happening in over the rhine is probably familiar maybe to a lot of people in different parts of the country but also just specifically Mm -hmm. what has happened here in the timeline of the the sort of gentrification Mm -hmm. of the neighborhood Mm -hmm. um and how that has um evolved or devolved maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and 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 been um harmful in ways. If, if one of you could could speak to, to when that sort of started and how Peasley has been a part of that uh, occurrence.
0: Sure. So um, over the Rhine in the recent history, probably from the 50s on, has largely been a predominantly low-income African-American with some Appalachian um, residents living here because it was affordable. Um, there was a lot of disinvestment with white flight to the suburbs. So for a large portion of our recent history, this was a neighborhood primarily of renters who were living um, in units that they didn't own. So there was a lot of disinvestment from the owners of the buildings. Um, And as we are an inner city neighborhood, we are right next to the downtown business district. And there is a lot of um, interest that's sprung up in the last 10 to 20 years to try to reclaim this neighborhood as a neighborhood of value, quote unquote, to to the larger community of Cincinnati. So the city looked at Over the Rhine in the early 2000s after um, after uprising when uh, black men were being shot by police and said, this is an opportunity for us to, to, they would say renovate and bring back this neighborhood. But for those of us working with folks who have lived here for a long time and those of us involved in this justice work, saw it as, you know, Folks are going to be displaced, and this is going to be gentrified. So a group called 3CDC, the um, Cincinnati... I'm blanking on there actually Cincinnati Center, Center city, city Development, Development Corporation. It's yeah. so a private yeah. corporation. Private. Public-private. Pri- yep. Yeah. So it was created by um, the city to be the, the primary developer of Over the Rhine. So they have a lot of wealth and a lot of power, and since the early 2000s have been slowly moving from South to North and over the Rhine. Um, and Jen can talk specifically about numbers and figures of how many units have been lost, how many units of affordable housing have been lost, but we have seen a drastic change in the neighborhoods landscape, both, um, the type of housing here, the type of person that lives here, what they look like, how much they make. Um, we used to have a lot of families that live in over the Rhine, but a lot of those families have been pushed out. So, what we're going to talk about later, the, the land at Main and Schiller, yeah. where the basketball courts are, is really in the last part of our neighborhood that really truly feels like the Over the Rhine that at least I knew when I first moved here. There's a lot of families. It's right by the last public elementary school in the neighborhood. It's public land, so it's kind of the nexus of, of all of these past fights, but a fight that will continue in Over the Rhine.
2: Great. I mean, not great. Not great. Yeah, um, great third. Well, well <laughs> yeah. said.
3: Well explained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would add that. <clears throat> so this particular campaign, um, you know, Peasley plays a leadership role, but is really a coalition that kind of, and we can talk about how it all came to be. But uh, a coalition of community organizations and residents uh, that pulled together to to push back on on uh, a bad process that we saw playing out. Um, but this is, I would say, a microcosm of sort of the larger process of how, right, there are many uh, facets of gentrification that you could drill down and talk about for a long period of time. I think uh, one thing I think that is really central to this campaign and its effort is, is um, pushing back on the privatization of public mm-hmm. space and public assets. And that has been a main vehicle through which uh, this neighborhood is gentrified. And um, so Peasley and other organizations like Over-the-Rank Community Housing and the Greater Cincinnati Homeless Coalition are sort of community-based organizations that emerged from an activist movement that existed to push back on A private market that allowed for all the disinvestment that happened in the neighborhood, um, that advocated for investment in a neighborhood where the power structure was not investing, Uh, and the grand irony is that uh, you know that investment doesn't come until until the caveat of removal is attached to it. So, Mm -hmm. um, and and not only is the private market uh, kind of running that show, but our our public stewards, our public representatives, our city government is utilizing our public assets, whether that's fund, direct funding or uh, resources that are valuable to developers like land, like zoning, like uh, tax breaks, uh, to, to uh, fuel that private development in a way that I think is grossly unjust. So I think a large part of the campaign has been to really home in on that um, as, as one particularly egregious practice Mm -hmm. um and hold our public and democratic institutions accountable for uh something better Mm
2: -hmm.
3: yeah Mm -hmm.
2: would you like to contribute anything i think they got it yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. so with to let's what you mentioned um before just go back a little bit and, and talk about um the development of the Peasley neighborhood center if we could and and how their role has either shifted or not shifted mm-hmm. um, in, in, its, in its time as a center in the neighborhood?
3: Yeah, so the Peasley is a community center um, and was uh, born out of um, a grassroots movement to challenge unjust practices within our school system, actually. So Peasley itself, it was Peasley Elementary School before it was Peasley Neighborhood Center. Um, and it was an elementary school that served primarily, uh, kids that came from families with low incomes. And it was the school board decided to close it in the early eighties and some parents who were upset by the decision because it was a a good school and a a pretty well-performing school, um, challenged that decision, um, could not budge the school board to change its mind. They challenged, uh, they challenged the decision legally, uh, looking at, um, uh, a history of uh, race and class uh, bias and how we choose which schools to close uh, and lost their legal battle. And then they went on to somehow raise over $200,000 in the early 80s to purchase the building and uh, run it as a community center. So it has never been a traditional school since that first closing, but mm-hmm. we call what we do participatory education. And it is uh, the, a kind of collect. You know community community-based education and enrichment that is aimed at social justice. So uh, it has always, alongside the other neighborhood organizations, um, mobilized in a way to organize on issues that are affecting residents in a very real way. So um so Peaslee is sort of a arts, cultural, social justice education hub of the kind of on the ground what we would refer to as the over the rhine people's movement Um, organizations like over the rhine community housing came out of that same effort but more specifically around community control of housing right when everybody is renting um how can we pool our resources to gain some control over uh people's right to stay in their homes right so um so those were vehicles those organizations were vehicles through uh, through which we, uh, the, the community, um, secured some uh, control over their own fate.
2: Great. And the, um, the discussion around the court mm-hmm. and ha- having how that's developed, so this was embarrassing when I first spoke with Jen, but I, when I had thought about gentrification before, I had thought about um, buildings and businesses m- either being pushed out and new businesses moving in or residents being pushed out and new residents moving in. And I hadn't thought of, as much about public space. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this was, um, I mean, I, I, it's not that I didn't think it happened there. It just didn't, it didn't cross my mind that that's mm-hmm. where maybe, and as Jen explained to me, sometimes it starts mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And then now having experienced since then being going to Washington, Park and having you know people explain about you know there used to be basketball courts mm-hmm. over yeah. here and things like that and and that um, you know it's it is a really beautiful space but that what at what sacrifice or uh, what was given up for that okay. um, so how did it how so it's also interesting to me that this part of over the Rhine that's on the other side of Liberty is like this the last part that that has this symbolic meaning. Um, so how did, the, how did the Keep Our Courts movement start? And um, yeah, if, if you could talk mm-hmm. a little bit about like, the, the, that battle and sort of like the trajectory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So um, it started, for us at least, we became aware of something needing to start um, back in February of 2015. So at a community council meeting, a developer called North Point came before our community council body. Um, and shared their plans to develop 22 single-family homes that would cost about $500,000 on this giant tract of public land um, in Over the Rhine at the intersection of Main and Schiller. And it's right across from our public elementary school. And they shared that they wanted to call the development Rothenberg Row, which is named after the elementary school. They also shared in their in their very quick um, surface level presentation that they hadn't yet spoken to the school about their plans, which on its face is hugely insulting that you want to name a project after a school that you haven't even taken the time to speak with. But then they also, when asked about if they've engaged members of the community about the plan, they said in response to that, well, we've spoken to the police. So. From the beginning, um, this plan was problematic on many, many levels. Uh, the main one being the lack of engagement, so mm-hmm. you're not creating something that the community around it wants necessarily, because you haven't even asked them. Um, but two, the the level of development, meaning that how expensive those single-family homes would be, just not being what we need in this neighborhood based on what we know about our affordable housing crisis right now. Um, so the type of development they were doing was hugely problematic. The process was hugely problematic. So that kind of kicked off all of our neighborhood organizations coming together with with residents saying, we have to do something, we have to fight this, this is not what we want, this is not what we need, this is not how you would come into our neighborhood um, with a plan. So that kicked off um I think a lot of Joelle's work over the next many years. Um, so it's been since 2015. Mm-hmm. someone else wants to jump in and explain what happened after the initial, and I, I was just going to say
2: one thing is that on this piece of land, there's bas- there's two basketball courts, yeah. right, mm-hmm. and this community garden behind it that right. can be accessed by anyone Folks in the neighborhood. Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and that is that taken care of by someone. Is that is, does Peasley have a
0: connection? So that's its own entity. It's okay. run by Permaganic. It's a nonprofit that runs this community garden. Okay.
3: And has historically done um, some pretty cool programs with neighborhood youth around, you know, internships around organic gardening and um, and some CSA stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that garden was uh, yeah community born, right? So best we can tell, the whole plot, the whole tract of land was purchased by the city back in the 70s, specifically um, to build recreation, to build a recreation facility. Uh, They got as far as like a little plaza in the courts. And then again, best we can tell, the federal funding that they were looking to draw from ran out. So the rest of the land more or less Mm -hmm. stayed vacant. Uh, Community folks and a community-based organization built up that garden. So, uh, but to go back to kind of the chronology of it uh amy and the good folks at children's creative corners en- started engaging their kids in a conversation about that land because they u- they use that land much of many of them live right i mean almost all of them live right around right around it um and that's more or less their backyard in a really mm-hmm. dense urban space mm-hmm. yeah um And Engage, they do amazing uh, emotional intelligence uh, work and and just really cool development work with young kids in, in that program. So they started engaging their kids in conversations about about um the plans and uh, the kids were pretty upset at the idea that someone who they you know didn't know had the ability to to say "We're you know phase one of this this construction is going to be bulldozing these basketball courts right um and that none of them were ta- spoken with or engaged so um so through a n- kind of some other community partnerships around uh kids education too um children's creative corner and and some other colleagues of ours um got the word out initially and then there was there was a there was an important community vote at that community council that the reason the developers were there were to ask for a letter of approval Mm. um and then and we organized to uh get community folks who were concerned about the plans at that meeting uh now the the um yeah the the image that i think many people uh remember pretty clearly was uh you know the 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 kids' demonstration, where you know they're they're not of age to vote in that meeting, right? right? They don't have standing in the community council meeting, but they decided to take basketballs and stand outside the meeting and silently bounce those basketballs, symbolically, yeah. Uh, yeah. reflecting that they were silenced in the process. Um, and also showing like that this is our space that has value to us. So you might not know there's a court there or you might not use it, but like I use it and it matters to me. Right. Right. So, uh, that is something that certainly affected the vote, uh, swayed the vote that Mm -hmm. day. So, Mm -hmm. uh, the council did not approve it. There are a lot, all sorts of fun complications and how community councils work and there's this land is at a boundary between two. So it's, it gets good and messy, but in short, um we did a lot of then research because our kids across our programs became invested in the fight so did Mm -hmm. we and we did a lot of research on you know what are the details of this this partnership between the city and this developer and uh and just i feel like with every layer that we peeled back was just like uh, Mm -hmm. just more it shouldn't be shock but like shock and disappointment Mm -hmm. at how poorly the process Ha- like how poorly it is designed, how little community folks have any say over how our shared assets are, are utilized. So um, we've done a lot of work over the four years and Joelle can speak to this more about in- engaging the space. Like one of our, uh, I think, really beautiful um, choices has been just to like put on community events in the space mm-hmm. and get people in it and engaged in- and claiming it as their own because that is our public land, right? Mm-hmm. That is yeah. something that we should all have a say over. Um, and I think... Uh, in short, we created enough of a headache for this mm-hmm. developer mm-hmm. that uh, the developer decided to walk away from the city's offer of, I, I believe, a fourth renewal and extension on their exclusive contract that they had as, as the primary developer of that space. Mm-hmm. So uh, because we kind of created a publicity challenge for them and they didn't want to have to deal with us anymore they walked away from the table so jawada you can speak a little bit more to where we are now and what we've done in more recent.
1: yeah so since then um kind of as jen and amy both mentioned um the lack of community engagement and the lack of civic opportunity for people to engage um with plans or like potential ideas or developments that could go on that space was really frustrating not only for our coalition but for a lot of the neighbors um that lived around the space and a lot of the people that utilize the space so since then we kind of took it upon ourselves um after you know previous agreements with city departments um, agreeing to do a community engagement around what the neighborhood would like to see. And um, with that not coming to fruition, our coalition took it upon itself um, to offer an opportunity for people to say kind of what is important on the space, what would they like to see if there is development on the space, um, and what would they like to see in their neighborhood and what could this potentially um, like piece of public land as like our community assets um, bring to our neighborhood that our neighborhood is currently lacking. So from that, we developed our own community survey. Um, we kind of shopped it out and did different canvassing canvassing efforts. We sent mailings, we connected with um, the school. We did through our own community events, um, engaging people to just fill out the survey. And kind of from that, developing the survey, we started with what was currently on the space. And I feel like from that, That was what lacked in previous plans and ideas because they came from a place of erasure and not even acknowledging that there were assets that the community um, saw as assets on the space. So we asked kind of what do we think was important on the Mm -hmm. space, as mentioned through the basketball courts. There's green space um, Mm -hmm. that a lot of kids don't really have access to because of the density of the neighborhood. Um, And then also like the community garden um, that a lot of people in the neighborhood um, utilize um, and so from that, we also just went and asked just what do you see happening in your neighborhood? Like, what do you think as far as like rents and affordabilities um, do you see happening in your neighborhood? What type of housing is being built? Do you think it's being built more for family size housing or more for um, single or couple-sized um, housing? Do you see being built? Um and then just from there, like what do you think is important in the event that um this land is developed, what do you would you what would you like to see? So like letting the community drive the vision rather than from a place of um like more corporate or like a developer coming and saying, Isn't this idea, isn't this plan great? Um, and they haven't even asked anyone who lives or is will be directly impacted Um, by whatever development goes there. So from that effort, we um, did our own kind of community survey. Mm -hmm. We've been sharing it back with um, community or with city-level decision makers, um, along with just knowing that um, this fight will ramp up again around development, Mm -hmm. um, making sure that our city officials who will be determining, um, who will have the determining power um, on deciding the fate of this land um, takes into consideration and acknowledges what the community has to say. Um, And so we just try to really package that um, as easy as possible for them to understand. Um, So there's no excuses to completely ignore or negate um, community ideas or community visions for the land. Um, So yeah, that's kind of like our current big push along with the different community engagement events, continuing to activating the space um, and utilizing our community assets together.
3: Yeah, I would just add that one one priority throughout the four years where we have tried to do any sort of advocacy or lobbying with city officials um, has been to again as to reiterate what Joel said. Joel to, said to start from a place of like what is there and what is valuable to people. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that if you pan out and you see how this how gentrification happens mm-hmm. and how it has happened here, right, it never starts with Oh, there's this community asset that could be improved, mm-hmm. so let's uh, let's invest in it to improve it a, in place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it never happens like that, right? It happens from there is nothing great there, like these. There's some janky little community playground and nobody cares about it, so let's completely wipe it off the map, and we're the only thing we'll talk about. Is how wonderful the design of the new thing that will go in its place is, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so you, you just you make it impossible for people to uh, one you you like chip away at like the dignity of, of people who mm-hmm. who live in that space, right? And and two, you it, there's a cumulative effect that you see, right? People people aren't motivated to show up to meetings mm-hmm. to voice what they think should happen in that space, because it is clear from step one, the way the process works, that whatever goes there is not for them. Mm-hmm. It might be beautiful. It might be lovely to look at, but it's, it's not intended for long-term residents to be the primary bene, beneficiaries, mm-hmm. right? And people know that. So that is a really challenging thing. So, so just to shift the way the approach to say like, wherever you go, you show up first, and you look at what people, what matters to people, what's important to people, what they utilize, right? And public space, I mean, you know, only so many of us can afford private gym memberships only so many of us have backyards Mm -hmm. that we can invite Mm -hmm. our friends to come hang out in and play in right like where we share that space there are people who are most economically vulnerable who depend on it most Mm -hmm. and if that's public space then like that that needs to be the top priority in how we maintain it right not not building an over-designed thing for wealthy folks to come play um and that is lost very i think really lost in the mix of of how we think about like what why are you angry at us? We want to build this beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and so often in this neighborhood and I'm sure in others that starts with public spaces and parks, right? Oh, it was a crappy space before, but like look, look what we we're going to make, right? right. Um, so pushing back on that process and that, those assumptions, right? Like no, 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 there are people here. There's a community garden mm-hmm. that was a vacant plot until people invested their work their blood their sweat and tears their money Mm -hmm. right uh the little they have into um into building that resource so like when you come in and say there's nothing here like that is that is a problem Mm -hmm. and we need to call that a problem over and over again right so i think our our most successful efforts have been you know early on it was like what petition are we going to make i don't know we have little cards where people say this space is valuable to me because right so all those little reasons they matter that is Mm -hmm. value right like we had a we had a three-on-three basketball tournament that uh, Black Lives Matter Cincinnati, that's now named uh, Mass Action for Black Liberation, helped to, or, or was the primary organizer for. But we did a three-on-three basketball tournament in these teeny little courts that are not, they can right, use right, some right. improvement, yeah, right? For sure. uh, but, but, like, what an amazing statement. Like, that mm-hmm. day I will remember forever. Uh, just mm-hmm. because, just seeing people show up in the space and say, like, mm-hmm yeah, this is little, yeah, it's not state of the art, but like this is ours Mm -hmm. and like watch what we can do with it together. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is really powerful. Um, And I think that is a message that we have tried to um, underline through all of the efforts in four
0: years. I think that's the strength of this work and this coalition and all the groups that we work for is that we operate from the base that everyone is strong and everyone is important and everyone is powerful. And I think that's what um, the developer just didn't account for when they came in with this this idea that they were just going to get what they wanted. Um, and then these little these little community groups and these neighbors that they had completely written off by their own admission they wrote them off um, stepped up and made things very difficult for them so much so that they walked away. Mm-hmm. And I think this this work is such a long road that we are still in the middle of this journey mm-hmm. and. You know, we take victories as they come. These little, these little tiny moments of victory, or you know, bigger ones of the development stopping back when it did, um, halting at that point. But knowing that it's probably gonna come up again, and so the work that we're doing now, that Joelle's doing, is really laying the foundation for the next phase of what will be the next fight. You know, of advocating again for equitable, equitable development on the site. Um, so yeah, this is a really long road that we're walking.
3: Yeah, I would just add that sometimes I think the the perception is if people oppose a particular development plan, right, that it just comes from this space of anti-development, right, mm-hmm. that it's like oh, people just don't want to see change and they don't want to see development here. It's like I think like one of the gravest sins in it all is like, no, literally, you're talking about the same community folks, the same groups that fought for decades to get investment mm-hmm. to get development right to get basic to get like where it was a vacuum right yeah. so yeah. so it's so it's it's not anti development right it's pro better development and i think that's a big qualifier that we have to constantly add in because because we get put in i i say this often a, a piece of with the education that we do it's like we're offered this false dichotomy yes. right yes. it's either oh you must like it crappy or like, it's either crappy and disinvested or it's gentrified, right? And right. those are two options and two options only. And that is ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. It is ridiculous because for years we found other alternative ways to mm-hmm. develop, right? To, to put housing online when there was no, you know, to put high quality affordable housing online when there was no mechanism to do it. You fi- you, as we say here, you make a way out of no way, right? Mm-hmm. Those things are scalable, right? If we mm-hmm. did investment that way and if the millions of corporate dollars that are now funneled into the neighborhood, were funneled into those kinds of processes, we would see the kind of process and neighborhood that we all say we want. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's not that's that's not how we do it. Right. We let the market do it. And the market is designed for efficiency. It's not designed to build inclusive communities. It just isn't it just, it's not equipped to do it. It's yeah. not designed to do it. So we put all these eggs in the in this corporate basket that like as, as long as we get the market to come back here and invest, then we're good, right? And and it's the same market that left this community and others like it behind in the first place, right? So it's, it's not very logical to think it's going to come back and save us, right? So we need to work for a better process. And I think one thing we've tried to advocate for all along is like, yeah, you need capital to do that. So you probably need capital from the market, right? But you also need really good, smart governance, right? And good steward, public stewardship. And you need community engagement, right? You need, what's the point if we're not allowing Our communities who we claim to be working for Mm -hmm. to be architects in their own uh, in the design of their homes right so um, I think those are the three kind of major ingredients you need for Mm -hmm. and that that's something different than gentrification right Mm -hmm. gentrification is like we will design the space for the wealthy um, and end of story right because
0: I don't know tax base (laughs) right like there's it's not logical right we we call our campaign keep our courts slash Do development differently because Mm -hmm. we believe Mm -hmm. that it could be done differently. And it could be like, what a novel idea that it could be better. That's like really exciting. And this, this public land should be the place where we try to do it better. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's the, that the crux of this is we have this asset. Let's do it right. Well, we can.
3: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: right because like we
3: do control that, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. can't control every patch of private right. something that changes hands and who somebody what somebody chooses to do with it, but like if we if the most creative we can be publicly mm-hmm. is to sell off this land to the, on the cheap to a private developer Shame. for half a million dollar mm-hmm. homes after bulldozing kids' courts, then like, okay, we might have a problem on our hands, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's kind of drawn people's attention and energy and time in the way that it has, because it's just the belief that this is, this is an opportunity to do something better right? mm-hmm. um, and to show that something better can be done. Mm-hmm.
2: And so just feel free to also correct me on this, but just how did, so this um, court is like at the end of mm-hmm. the neighborhood. And I'm just wondering, had movements like this come about for other sort of spaces throughout the neighborhood yes. before this one? And, it, and if so, um, has this been more effective? Has the one, has mm-hmm. Keyboard Court been more effective?
0: Oh, this is so complicated. It's okay. <laughs> all of sorry, us. Sorry, what does effective like, mean? Sure, sure, sure. so, so, like, the, the thing about this work, and anyone who's doing it will know, is that success looks very unimpressive most of the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it often doesn't happen. So I think every effort that our neighborhood has been fighting on over the last 20, 30, 40 years, they all build on each other, right? Mm -hmm. So because of the fight that neighborhood folks and community groups put up when Washington Park was being developed, and because we lost our pool, we Mm -hmm. lost our courts, um, it was largely privatized in the way it's run as a park now it wouldn't look like we were successful in that fight. Right. Because of the way the park looks now. And sure, it's great. Like you said, it's beautiful, but it's of course complicated. Like everything is in this neighborhood, but because of the fight that we waged there when they developed Ziegler park, which is a park right here behind Peasley, there is a deep water pool. And I don't think we would have had that Mm -hmm. had we not raised holy hell when Washington park was designed and developed. So I think they build on each other. Um, developers and the powers that be see that people in this neighborhood are a force to be reckoned with. And even 3CDC has changed their tune a bit over the years as to talking about now the value of of affordable housing and throwing some of their weight behind certain affordable projects, which in the early days was not the case. So um, the arc is long, right? But Mm -hmm. we we think it moves towards justice, at least in our work. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think... Yes, this fight has been fought literally on every block in this neighborhood. You can walk around and we can have a story on every block, on multiple buildings, like this specific story is about people being displaced or how they turned over without technically displacing anyone, but how people were slowly moved out before sure. turning over. You know, so these stories abound in this neighborhood.
3: Yeah. Bonnie Neumeyer, who's one of the founding women of Peasley and other organizations in the neighborhood, uh, has said, if you look through her uh, files oh. and archives and tried to count the number of file folders that are titled "save such and such," you know, yeah. uh, they they would uh, they would be many, right? And most of those things, uh, yeah, probably have not been saved, right? You you lose more battles than yes, you win, okay. um, but again, um, I think. Uh, one thing that I'm excited about with this particular fight uh, amongst others is that, um, you know, this is a model that's being held up as the way to do development in other places, not just in other neighborhoods in Cincinnati, but in other communities and cities. And, um, and so I think where a lot of people kind of view over the Rhine is like past the tipping point. Uh, most of the poor people are gone. The social services and agencies are getting muscled out and kind of view it as a lost cause um it is all the more important to continue to say like no 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 this is still a fight worth fighting mm-hmm. and we're going to lose most of the battles and um but it's the right thing to do and like there are lessons that need to be learned mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i think some of the other work that is happening right now in the city around policy are lessons learned from over the rhine right that yes. uh that mm-hmm. you, you know people mm-hmm. around here and in, in other neighborhoods that are starting to gentrify will say like oh we don't want to be over the rhine right like mm-hmm. the grand irony of that right like uh so so I do think um, I would reiterate what Amy said. I, I think the those successes build on each other, and and I don't know what the fate over the Rhine of over the Rhine is. I don't know how much we can save. Like, well, the community here will fight to save it, you know, and they just they they just will, um, mm-hmm. and because it's the right thing to do. Um, but I have faith that no matter what um, this neighborhood looks like in 10, 20 years, that the the ripple effects of that mm-hmm. effort. Um, will be felt and will have impact in a, somewhere you know and yeah. and so you just do it cuz you got do it cuz you it. have to right, right. Mm-hmm. um because to do nothing is is uh is a mess right mm-hmm. you just like give every give us all a pass on how we um so i don't know i don't know how if I, I will say i mean i think people view kids in the effort in a particular kind of way so i think this maybe got some publicity I don't know why does, why do people care about childhood poverty and not poverty when they're the same mm-hmm. thing? You mm-hmm. just call with something, right? Like mm-hmm. the the perception that kids are innocent or that right. they shouldn't be victims of some of these things. I think um, does lend itself to maybe greater visibility around around the, the courts versus mm-hmm. the overall thing that we're fi- so right. Some some fights get more traction than others based on perception, and that may or may not be important. But I think um, no matter what, you know the 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 effort that this community put together yeah you, you just hope that we get
0: wiser and stronger
3: and um
0: and the cool thing is these kids that protested in front of community council are going to be able to vote in like five years mm-hmm. <laughs> and and are going to be adults who yeah. who fought for right. something when they were a little kiddo so i think we again we play this long game right we invest in everybody but in our kids especially reminding them that they are valuable and important and that their voice matters and that their community as is right this moment matters and that they matter in it. And then they will grow up to be adults who, who can show up to things. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, we just keep trudging
2: Mm -hmm. along. Yeah. I have, um, I was thinking the other day just about what that, Land would look like with buildings on it, and mm-hmm. I was thinking that it's just it's a really nice yes. corner. I mean, mm-hmm. just it's it's a beautiful piece of land, of course as it is, mm-hmm. and it's just it it feels like a nice place to be. Yes, mm-hmm. um, so that was something that I thanks for noticing that. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I mean, it was really obvious, right? <laughs> I feel like I just say it no, out No,
0: it's true, and it's shocking because it's actually it's it's almost has, like comical the way that the developers when they came in tried to frame it as like this. Crime, mm. drug riddled corner, and it couldn't be farther from the truth. It's like actually a really beautiful piece of land. Yeah. The trees, it's so green. It's like a city, kids, like little nook. Yes. You know? kids yeah, kids run around. It's mostly like kids playing and laughing, pretty much all the time. And I'm up there every day, so yeah. it's just yes,
3: mm-hmm.
0: we want people to notice. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few years ago we started a community campfire event there, <laughs> so we just like have a little campfire in the back yeah. of the garden. Um, fifth annual coming up. Yeah, the yeah. fifth annual. It mm-hmm. is. It is. It has to be my favorite, yeah. my top three favorite annual events. It just is, all, all these people come together and it, it like, I think, we, I mean, we started it for the kids, but mm-hmm. like the parents, like, mm-hmm. you know, we're gorgeous. putting together like yeah. s'mores and a parent yeah. who's helping us help the kids at some point, a couple hours into the event of probably year one or two was like, uh, do you mind if I take a break? Cause I like, I've never roasted a marshmallow. I'm going to go and you're like, yeah, go roast a marshmallow. Right. Like like it feels like this slice of wilderness in the middle Mm -hmm. of the city in the, um, and that night, especially. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like this, yeah, it's like, it's a special thing. And and if you don't know that, if you don't show up, if you don't put your body in that space as Mm -hmm. is, like, why would you know that? Right. Mm -hmm. Why would you vote down the plan that some developer puts in front of you? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so I, I think yeah that that's that's one thing that we some of our public events is, has been exciting is just mm-hmm. inviting people uh, into the space you know even like the vice mayor i think was mm-hmm. probably the only city council person who like accepted our invitation yeah. at some point to come down mm-hmm. and like yeah. be in the space and you're like oh, this, is, this is much bigger than it like, yeah. like yeah. yeah because it's mm-hmm. not just something on a page right it's not something on a piece of paper that we can call progress like come into that space and mm-hmm. see it in, in any space right um, Because when it is all so commodified, it means Mm -hmm. that every patch of public something you have to fight for. And it's exhausting, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. straight up exhausting. Yeah. Um, But it's worth it, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it has that nice view of the hill (laughs) behind it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it just, it's like, it it feels very, um, it has some poetry Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that that's, like what you were talking about before with the language that's used around sort of improvement or, I mean, I think that that, this idea of developing something that's already developed, um, mm-hmm. and and what that means as far as just assuming, this pla- this like, of course you want something better or we c- you know this can be made better or whatever it is. It's just um, what about if what's here is already okay mm-hmm. and and it in a way like that's um, like the the terminology or or saying we're gonna do something beautiful for you, yeah. but it, who's mm-hmm. it for? Mm-hmm. It's really important things to um, not take at face value, but. But push further Mm -hmm. Mm
3: with yeah and um this might not might fit better back somewhere in what we were talking about but like also saying right like so it's not like it's either the courts exist in this space or half million dollar homes Right. right like like the plan could have always been in all the vacant land surrounding the courts, we're going to put half million dollar homes. And I actually don't think we would have fought it as hard as we did. I know we wouldn't have fought it as hard as we did, even though we would have probably disapproved of like the Mm -hmm. price point still. But like, why is phase one destroying kids basketball courts? Like we know just so it's like, so we're not dancing around like the role that race plays in this as well. And the perception of people and their bodies in space. Right. It's like, nobody the developer doesn't want to sell or try to sell mm-hmm. half a million dollar mm-hmm. suburban style homes that have black kids playing basketball in front of them like that is understood so we know from day one that that is part of the plan for that reason right so the developer is gonna has said oh it's because of drainage like please uh, i'm pretty sure we could find a solution or whatever drainage issue you have that sure. doesn't involve bulldozing kids courts right? right but again the perception of um of young people particularly young black men being on basketball courts like is a reason why we fight for basketball courts right Mm -hmm. because it's it's not just about one or two teeny courts right Mm -hmm. it is about something much bigger and much darker and scarier Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. like with every little court you let go right like Mm -hmm. will the kids survive if they lose that one little court of course they will can they go a half mile down the road and play basketball somewhere else Mm -hmm. maybe if their parents let them right but it's a it's bigger than that and you have to name that right you have to say Mm -hmm. like that's unacceptable right that's unacceptable. and, and our, our kids and our families and our community is not something to be checkerboarded around either right like mm-hmm. you don't just get to say oh because at some point they were like oh we we'll, we'll we'll build a new court over here on the back end of the school where crime is worse and mm-hmm. where it's less visible yeah you know like that's unacceptable right people have a right to keep the things that are the, that are theirs right like mm-hmm. so um, so yeah, I, I just so we don't go without naming that. Like sure, naming yes. that has been a big part of yeah of mm-hmm. the the reason to get involved too in the and the motivation and and the more we can say that out loud, the more we can challenge people who might not see with that lens to see with that lens the next development, right? Like what are we doing to like why why that thing? Yeah, right? Why that thing? Mm-hmm. It's not an accident. It's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a unfortunate byproduct. It's the mechanism through which mm-hmm. you claim this land for someone else, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that is just really important to, to say out loud, always. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, and even the word claim is so um, vintage in, like, a shitty way. <laughs> I mean, just like, is sorry, yeah. like, uh, yeah, another yeah. word for just so um, prehistoric. You know, yeah. just that it, it uh, the idea that there's already... there. It has, yeah. it's already claimed. There's already, you know, to like reclaim, you know, right to, to claim something that's already there, that's already existing, that's already making offerings and, and, and people have attachments to.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we get a little lost because so, sometimes people treat gentrification like it's some like new ph- new phenomena, right? Like phenomenon, yeah. like, like, what is it about the cities that is, you know, like, and it's yeah. like, it's the same stuff back. Right. It's mm-hmm. the same stuff. It's just a different space, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause that's how capital works, right? Yeah. You extract as much as you can over here. And when you're done, you drag it over mm-hmm. here and you do. So it is this constant. That is how our economic system of private property works. So like, it is important to name it, right? And it's important that we look at how it's affecting cities and communities of color, and communities with with not much in the way of economic means, but like that's always been the case, right? Mm-hmm. So it, whether it's in our urban core or out in the field somewhere, right? right. Like it's the same mm-hmm. process, it's the same mechanism, and you have to, you have to name it, right? And you have to because because like there are no lessons learned, right? So mm-hmm. just just because your your language about or your point about the language and claiming, right? It's just like it's it's just colonization. It, it always is, has it. Right, right. Right. Exactly. It always has it, yeah. right? So this is valuable. Is a valuable asset. We will come take it, right? right. Mm-hmm. And you're just shit out of luck mm-hmm. if you don't have the whatever structural power allows mm-hmm. you to stay, so yeah. or allows you to fend someone off. So, um, so that that is conscious too, right? It's not like it's some new new like, where did this come from? Like this is age old stuff, right? Yeah. It's age old stuff, and and um, yeah, where where our wealth goes, it builds walls around itself right Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so if you want to do that in a new space like you gotta you gotta find some ways to um i don't know send the message that that's possible or Mm -hmm. convince people that this is where the wealth lives now so it's safe for you and it's Mm -hmm. it's encouraging Mm -hmm. for you to right like like there's a brewery and that's for you like see this exposed brick we all know who that's for right and Mm -hmm. like there it's like space is coded all of it is a -hmm. message for 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 how you claim or take over right or yeah it's, yeah. it's really trippy but it's old mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm.
1: really old mm-hmm.
3: yeah. and so mm-hmm. is the fight right like yeah. this isn't some new fangled like oh mm-hmm. some young actor it is yeah old, that's why Bonnie right? has
0: filing cabinets right, right. <laughs> yeah right the save yeah. save save and yeah. by
3: mm-hmm. some miracle has chosen to stay with it for 45 yeah. years right because it is exhausting and and she's someone who lives in a neighborhood that that is not the neighborhood she chose to live mm-hmm. in decades ago right it's something different so um that the fight is old it is as old as the as the sin if you will yeah. i don't want to use that language but right as the um as the wrong um right. and so so it goes. I mean, I like to think, like, the arc. I'm with you on the arc. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's got to be, right? It's
3: please, please have there be an arc that's bending. <laughs> well, it's so
2: um, it's so easy to, like, just as an outsider, it's really mm-hmm. easy to approach this situation and be like, look at all this activism happening on this court to save it, and, like, what a great story mm-hmm. and all this stuff, but not not going further to, like, what happened before Washington Park yeah, and, like, yeah, how, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. the other battles that led to this battle and thinking, like, this isn't just like a one-off that there's like Mm -hmm. all the stuff that like built into whatever has been effective here until this moment that could possibly, Mm -hmm. you know, like you were saying that you're like gearing up for whatever comes next with Mm -hmm. the courts. Like, I just think that it's, it's so easy to block out and, and just, and be like, wow, this is so inspiring. Like you get them, you know, and not (laughs) think like this is like very heavy, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, even though it is a space for children, like the evils that are like perpetuated through this that Mm -hmm. have these like foundations and racism and like classism and all this stuff it's like that is the like structure to dismantle of all structures to dismantle and like how do you you know it's like yeah yeah
3: Yeah. and I will say you know where the victories right you like sometimes we have to remind ourselves (laughs) you're like like I was driving by the other day and I was just like oh in 2015 we were when when that meeting happened, I was like, We're gonna lose those yep. we're gonna lose those coins. Yep. Like it was like an inevitable yeah. right. So you have to remember like <laughs> look what's still there. Like we're doing water games <laughs> yeah. four years later. Right. And it's exhausting. <laughs> and what's maybe I don't know if it's more or less. But like the behavior of the city has changed ever so slightly, it really. Right? Has. Like mm-hmm. they will seek out a developer for that land again, probably in the next come in the coming months. But like they have already said we are not doing behind the scenes private contracts anymore like every time we do this process of unloading or selling off or developing public land we will do it through a more transparent uh request for proposals and they come is it truly transparent probably not but like is it more transparent yes did they give up that practice because we like stuck our finger in it and said like explain to us how this is okay, right? Yeah. Explain to us how this is a legitimate way to do business for the city, for the public, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that's true, right? So like, so some of it is, some of it is like, yeah, you want a real result in real space for mm-hmm. real people, and that is first and foremost in your mind when you enter a fight. But it's also like, the behavior and the structure and the patterns yeah. and the processes. Mm-hmm. The more you can drill down on those and really try to chip away, uh, and, and carve them into something new. Like that is the stuff that outlasts, um, this particular patch of land or whatever lands on it for the next hundred years or whatever. I don't know. I mean, yeah, this
0: is a, this is one spoke in a larger wheel of like Mm -hmm. trying to make change. Right. And I think we take it at any level we can get, like, you know, (laughs) I, I work with kids and I work with folks. And so like seeing change on an individual level based on this fight Mm -hmm. is really powerful. But, Mm -hmm. you know, Jen is chipping away at policies at city hall and other folks are working on creating more affordable housing that will, you know, it's Mm -hmm. all part of this larger effort to try to eke us forward Mm -hmm. towards, um, more justice and equity for those that don't always see it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I would say, Oh no, just from like that art that Amy was talking about, the beauty of it is that people continue to show up. So that's, I feel like why you really know that, like, it has to lean on the side of justice. Like people that have consistently been shut out of um, opportunities of power and decision making um, and intentionally disregarded um, when conversations are happening around decisions um, continue to show up and continue to tell their stories and continue to fight. And we've seen that like our organizations always prioritize those people who have historically um, been disregarded um, and like these decisions directly impact like people with limited economic means, um, oftentimes people in communities of color, um, and then they still just continue to show up. They still find value in their stories and w- know that there is value in what they have to contribute. Um, and so I feel like that's what solidifies like when all the facades and all the smoke and mirrors, as one of our community educators would say, like passes away. Like mm-hmm. those people who have put down their roots here, um, they continue to show up and they continue to. Find value in telling their story and find value in what they have to offer to their community even if it's not seen mm-hmm. as valuable in other um in other kind of spaces mm-hmm. so yeah.
2: yeah contributions yes like <laughs> finding how you can sort of play a role mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. or, yeah mm-hmm. um so i don't live here um and i'm gonna leave with a story and um you know share the story with with whoever so how how do how do you support this from afar? Like I mean, mm-hmm. just or I mean, I think what we exactly. talked about before was like maybe just like recognizing it in your own yes. when you're walking around your mm-hmm. own Absolutely. Um, city, which like so obviously like some examples of this are more blatant than mm-hmm. than others. And we're talking about like the brewery and the exposed brick wall. It's like that's like I think ubiquitous um <laughs> and universal
3: symbols yes yeah,
2: <laughs> and again it goes back to this question like who is this for who is this for um and so i just i i i hate this idea of like popping in and being you know like, like how can how can you know or or how do you do you have people that don't live in cincinnati that, that care about this and invest in this mm-hmm. in some way mm-hmm. or is it is it is it kept to the neighborhood
0: um besides like a like yeah you know mm-hmm. i think the fight is very small and concentrated um but i think to your point the first one that you made about recognizing it wherever you are yeah i think is key as the first step if we're going to affect change on a larger level so i think everyone lives somewhere and where you live this stuff is happening right and it might look different or it might be smaller or bigger or you might already be be plugged into it or you might be on the other side of it. I just think people recognizing systems at play and the the complexity at play wherever you live um, and how decisions get made and who gets left out and, and recognizing the role that we play in it. Like if we participate, you know, at, or frequent businesses that have actively displaced people, like we have to come to terms with that. You have to face your participation. Um, Not knowing is not an excuse, really, um, because you're participating in some way. So I think just taking that, that's like the larger scale um, of what you can do. I think you're doing it right now with telling this story to other people who don't know it. it's
3: yeah, that sometimes sounds like an easy answer. Like, tell this story. But it's actually super hard because yeah. the narrative is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like the narrative that gets told. Like that's why this stuff is allowed to happen because right. nobody sees or talks about like the dark. I wouldn't even call it underbelly. Like it is the core of it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's glossed over and so as long. So I mean, I-, I do think it's huge. I mean, it- whatever you tell it to, whoever you can, you can tell it to, and. um... Yeah, I mean, how can you directly support from afar? I don't know. You, could, you I would welcome anyone who wants to needle Cincinnati City Hall uh, yeah. Yeah. and say, hey, mm-hmm. I came to visit your city, and uh, you know how you could be much more progressive and uh, yeah. and hang with the big boys when you're trying to make your case that we're... Uh, right? It's this right. beautiful yeah. city that has a... a by some folks in power, I think just has like a complex around like something to prove. That's just like just invest in your people. Invest like you have this beautiful yeah, city we'll that will actually pay beautiful. off in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like yeah, invest yeah. in equity in your Take city and people. forget like trying to put on some show that like gets I don't us on
0: Architectural Digest or something. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, there's always that. Um, but I think for me, one huge lesson learned in the last five years being in, being in this stuff is. Is like I just had no idea how important like the most local democracy is. Like, and when we say community (laughs) council, we mean like there are democratic councils that govern our city neighborhoods for Mm -hmm. weird reasons because Cincinnati has a weird city structure. But um, like town hall meetings, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like that the policy and the decisions around this stuff happens um, so very locally, and that is one space where you can throw around your like assert your democratic power. Right. Alongside your consumer power Mm -hmm. when you visit Cincinnati or any other Mm -hmm. place Mm -hmm. and you choose where to spend your money or like go to the mom and pop that has been Mm -hmm. there for Mm -hmm. many years that is struggling against rent hikes as well. Right. And um, and go into those community spaces. But um, but also like use your democratic voice Mm -hmm. in those little spaces, because Mm -hmm. like people view housing like the housing crisis is an urban problem and it's like it is a national problem it is a problem Mm -hmm. like the reason it's concentrated in urban areas is because of our racism and classism right so like fight for affordable housing wherever you are yeah fight for public Mm -hmm. space to stay public and invested in wherever you are um because like that is the stuff that um will allow us to build the communities that we want to see so um so i think it's i think it's all of the above right i mean yeah but if you, you want to pop off a letter to the to the mayor and copy sure, all the city yeah. council you're welcome to anyone's welcome to mm-hmm. um, yeah for sure to say hey you know what uh, you know what i loved when i went to cincinnati like uh meeting these, these people fighting people. this fight <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can drop my name and tell me <laughs> <I have. laughs> no but just you know um because i think oftentimes the activist Presence is just viewed as, like, mm-hmm. silly opposition mm-hmm. to change, right, yes, or just right. An, mm-hmm. anti-development stuff, and it's like, yeah. man, there's a lot of lived experience and a lot of knowledge in this space. Like, mm-hmm. I know what I know, because moms and grandmas taught me, mm-hmm. right, like, mm-hmm. in, in the last few years. Like, that. so it gets heard a little bit differently when it comes out of my mouth, um, and that's a, you know, that's, a, like, the reckoning with privilege that we all have to do, but, like, mm-hmm. that, those are, there's power and there's knowledge in, in these spaces, and the yeah. um, mm-hmm. more that we can name it and and extend it and share it like Mm -hmm. that's what um, that's Mm -hmm. where you can like get Mm -hmm. excited about what Joel is saying like yeah those same those same women right Mm -hmm. who've lost a bunch of battles most of them right they Mm -hmm. keep showing up they Mm -hmm. keep teaching young people Mm -hmm. how to analyze power right like I don't know how they
1: and they keep challenging people in power. Like, when you were Ooh. asking about, like, what can people do, I just think of Miss Dorothy Darden, our community um, educator, who, like, when um, a decision-maker in this fight was, like, leaving the city and he just wanted to express the fact that um, with Miss Dorothy as well as Bonnie, um, the fact that he really saw the um, value in what we were fighting for. Yeah. Miss um, Dorothy was like, you know, that's all well and good, kind of now that you're out of the position of power. But, like, now wherever you're going, like do better for those people like and so
0: just like like, when you're
1: like just continuing to challenge Mm. people in power but then also just um holding that expectation up wherever you are so rather you're at the corner of main and Schiller or wherever you go um yeah Yeah. exactly i love it
3: thank you (laughs) still it just makes me so happy yeah like thank you thank you for telling us this and go do better right Right. go do right right. go do something differently Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? right Uh, yeah. we're gonna, like, she's always like, We're gonna love you, Ugh. we're gonna discipline you, we're gonna love you again, we gonna discipline you again. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like it's it's, awesome. that is like loving accountability, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. right. And, that's accountability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: and I think that like, this thing about where you spend your money and like where you put your body, what you were talking mm-hmm. about, like come to the space, like see the space, yeah. be in the space, it's just like, just that is so, it's very political, like where mm-hmm. we choose to put our yes. bodies, mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, I think that I mean, that is like obvious and not
0: obvious and I think that it's just like, it's very mm-hmm. tricky if you have to like think about all the choices you make where yeah. you go where you walk why you go there like mm-hmm. right it's difficult but I you think buy your gum yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah it's challenging but you don't. Know, you yeah. don't have to think about it all at one time but just like to be mindful mm-hmm. and yeah. to start doing that work and to listen to other people who have gone before you mm-hmm. and like paying them some heed and mm-hmm. like learning from them mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I always joke when, like, younger students, like,
3: mostly university students when we with our education work, they'll ask that. You know, like, oh, what can we, you know, what can we do, and how do you, you know, and, like, some of the story and the narrative stuff, I'm always like, oh, you know what it means if you really want to take it seriously? It's like, you gotta challenge your dads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, sounds easy, but it is not. It's the hardest thing in the world mm-hmm. to do is to be, like, in my personal spaces to challenge the right. the sense that somebody's making about yes. about so, this mm-hmm. place that I now know a different story to. Um, and that sounds super personal and not that, not like it has major ripple effects, but like mm-hmm. that's where it, it has to happen too, right? Like as long as like, all of our parents can say, like, oh, now Over the Rhine is amazing, right? It was a bad neighborhood before. It was a scary neighborhood before, and now it's great, yeah. right? Like, that is what extends it over and over again, mm-hmm. right? Every kid who gets told to, like, lock their doors and check their surroundings because they're in a poor neighborhood, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. we, we all get socialized to think a certain way that makes all of this stuff possible. Because who's going to argue with... Like, look mm-hmm. at how pretty it is now, and, like, we sell this false narrative about the crime getting better. So yeah. that's all you need to know, right? You don't have to dig any deeper. So the more you can say, like, oh, actually, like, I met I some people there, yeah. right? right? Like, I yeah. met some people there, and I heard some stories there, and it's not exactly... It's not simple, right? It's so not. Um, yeah. Or it's not the simple story we tell. Yeah. It might be simple. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, it's also not complicated. Right? She's yeah. like, let's just do, do better. <laughs> it's an old, <laughs> simple story. But, better. Like, mm-hmm. but, like, yeah what is a bad neighborhood? Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all get told that, right? So challenge that. Is yeah, that a bad neighborhood? What makes that a bad neighborhood, right? right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Um, and wherever you can do that, I mean, that that is that is a political act, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, or
2: just, like, what makes someone feel safe? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. there's so many different... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, millions of different versions of that that I think comes with... Um, some privilege can come with projecting what you think is what everyone mm-hmm. thinks mm-hmm. into this idea of, like... What I might, what might make me feel safe, could like really f- like make someone else feel like, exposed or take mm-hmm. away their Absolutely. the place that they yeah. have felt attached to or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and so it's just like wanting to to hear all those versions, you know, or, or, like I, mean, I think the police is like the biggest example of that. Like, um, if it feels maybe good for someone to call them and know that they're coming at other people. It's like this is makes, sense. Yeah, this mm-hmm. feels
0: like it's um, uh, yeah, like where you put your body. Yeah. I think one tiny <laughs> example of like feeling safe that this neighborhood has seen a change in is people used to be on the street all the time. People mm, used to sit on their mm-hmm. stoops cause they didn't have air conditioning. There used to be people just living their life out on the street yeah. because that's what you do when you live in an urban community. And now I feel way more unsafe walking on streets that are pretty bare with no one around because yeah. all of those people have left. There aren't people who say hi to you anymore. There aren't people who know who you are and where you're going. There's this, that's a level, um, of loss in this community that no one like puts numbers to Mm -hmm. you can't quantify that feeling or that that loss but that's another loss that this neighborhood has Mm -hmm. suffered for sure yeah
3: yeah there's like a really beautiful it's just like the network of community and like what it takes to collectively care for each other Yeah, Mm -hmm. especially when you don't have the money to buy all the care that you need and share right like Mm -hmm. so you take care of each other's kids and you like look yeah, out for each other. you, you mm-hmm. look out for each other and you like drop in on the elderly neighbor you have who's sick because like because that's what it takes and that is a loss. That's like something that is crazy hard to quantify, mm-hmm. like Amy said, but um, but you hear from residents over and over again mm-hmm. around the changes, right? Mm-hmm. Like like that is experienced as a loss, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. even the people who who are able to stay because there are nonprofits working really hard to make sure there's decent housing that's affordable to them, you know, if you're the lucky minority that gets to stay it's like well you lose your neighbors right you mm-hmm. lose your community you lose your yeah. network of people so great you yeah, right so there's there's so many aspects mm-hmm. of loss and culture and right. community that um that are hard to account for but like you see and feel and hear when you're in the space mm-hmm. talking with people mm-hmm. or you've been around for a long time so. mm-hmm. it's a dreary note to end on sorry sure, yeah. <laughs> no and
2: i just want to um so i'm going to pick it up the dreary note um and like, I surely I have felt really welcomed by you guys and I really appreciate you making time to share all this information this is such valuable information that and I feel like I've learned a lot about Cincinnati specifically but there's also so many things that I'm taking away that yeah. like can be a- applied to whatever happens next and it's just like I I feel like I got this like you know quarter long college course <laughs> in, in this it's just it's so incredible and i think with art oftentimes we're like making work about the thing instead of doing the thing mm-hmm. and so i also just really appreciated being at the dribble dribble drench event because i was like this is creative and this is thinking about mm-hmm. this differently and like how is the space used and all these questions that i ask myself as an artist but it's also the thing the mm-hmm. thing is taking place rather than it being like a response to the thing yeah so maybe. i just um You know, of course, like, there's always this question of, like, what can art do and all of that. But I I just, as an artist, like, that was, it's just important to remember that, like, the thing is the thing. You know, just, Mm -hmm. like, build that, create that, and um, whatever comes from that is is, is extra. But this idea of um, just making, uh, you know, executing it in that way, Mm -hmm. it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think
0: something that um, folks involved in activism here in Cincinnati value is, we all bring different skills, we all bring different strengths and we all have a role to play. So like yeah. as the artist, that that might be your role. So I mean not to right. minimize the role you play cuz mm-hmm. you can play it and mm-hmm. I can't. So sure, yeah. I think I think that's something that we do well here is mm-hmm. like everyone's got different assets, everyone's got different strengths and we'll we'll all together be much mm-hmm. stronger. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just that Right. None of the three of us are born and raised over the Rhine. Right. I, like I want to acknowledge yes. that, too. Yeah. Like, and, and we've all been welcomed into this space by yes. really mm-hmm. wise, mm-hmm. warm people who who like invest in us and trust mm-hmm. us to tell mm-hmm. stories and and not to speak for the community, but like to participate in whatever it is in, in the work. Right. And that is something that is so valuable. So I think, you know, it's it's how you enter space. Right. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. showed totally. up and put your body here and said, mm-hmm. like, I'm interested in this thing. So like. Where, pe- where you do that, like there will be people who, and I, I believe that that is every, in every community that yes. looks like this yes. or doesn't, right? It's like there are people who um, who will welcome you into the space. It doesn't mean they're not going to give you a hard time if you enter mm-hmm. in a way that a isn't insulting, right? but like, It's accountability. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. like, you can, yeah, like that there's a I'm from Boston, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> why, am I, why am I a community <laughs> educator and over the Rhine? I don't know, like. Because people trust me to do that work, to do a piece of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like a really beautiful responsibility. I don't know. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I feel, I feel, I feel like I, 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 want to carry well, and I want to, I want to do well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yeah, and, and you do it in your own way, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't do it like Joelle does it. And, and, sure. And, yeah. And um, so that's like a that is fun. That is like really beautiful too, and that is part of like the beautiful struggle of seeing how people have always done it. Is like it is community, and it's not mm-hmm. just like an insider group that shuts everyone out, mm-hmm. right? It's like, enter, you want to be a Please part of our, you want to like be a part of the work, yeah. enter mm-hmm. and be a yeah. part of the work, right? And do mm-hmm. it with us, yeah. Like, that is like lesson, ah, uh, just like I still am, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it, it yeah. just means a lot to me. It means a yeah. lot to me that people yeah. have done that, so um, so that's a shared experience, right? yeah. yeah, It's being welcomed yeah. into mm-hmm. it, so yeah, mm-hmm. and. With no expectation that you stay in this one place and do it forever in this one. Right, way. right. It's like you take it and you do. do Just you do the work. Wherever. Do the work. Go mm-hmm. do it somewhere, yeah. right? But do it, right? Like, that right. is really beautiful. Like, the, right. The, right. the investment and the freedom to um, to do it as, as we can and as we should, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That's the that's the perfect non-dreary note. Yeah, yeah. The opposite, opposite <laughs> of dreary. I don't know what like, the legitimate opposite of dreary is, but I think we nailed it. I think yeah. We, um, I think so we did thank it. you so much. Thank you. Once again, thank you to my guests, Jen Ahrens, Joel Newman, and Amy Silver for their time and thoughts and expertise. And I very much hope you all enjoyed the podcast.